Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Big pick set out on top, but the ball is loose. And now they get it to see that it's going to be Louisville in front. I shook up the world. In BCS Bowl terms, you guys shook up the world. Oh, I'm the king of the world. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it, hold it. You're not that pretty. I'm a bad man. I shook up the world. First and third, two out. The 2-2 from Iggy. Swing and a miss. The cards are headed to Omaha. Welcome into another edition of Louisville Sports Live, the city's longest-running all-UFL sports talk show right here on 93.9 The Ville. I'm Ethan Moore. He's Taylor Lynch. Zach Cantrell behind the glass. Zach Jack! <laughs> I love to see that in the flesh. There you go. I was going to uh, say, it took you a little while to get to that there. Now, look, it's a groggy uh, Louisville Sports Live tonight. Yeah, both, more groggy than the game last night. I don't know. Both or your, the game the last two nights. Yeah, well, both a, your boys are a little, little, little sleepy. Yeah, here's tonight. a here's a stat for you. I figured this out. If Virgi- if you combine the first half of the last two Louisville games, the Virginia game and the Clemson game last night, they had 35 combined first half points. They still to trail Virginia by six at halftime. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I was. I uh, went to that. Keep game. fighting, guys. Make sure you guys fight. We're gonna yeah, fight person. through this show. Yes, yes, we are. I um, was at the Virginia game in person and, and witnessed um, the onslaught of UVA's juggernaut offensive unit out there. It, it was so like sleepy because of, there was just nothing going on offensively yeah. for Louisville. I just remember looking up at the scoreboard. It was thirty-eight to nine, and I think somebody hit a three and. Or a free throw to get the 10, and it was like the biggest Bronx cheer ever. <laughs> Yay! Good job, guys. So, yeah. Hey, we did it! Yay! Way to go. Yes. Oh, no! We suck again! So, here's what we're going to do tonight. This is going to be uh, the vast majority, of course, will be basketball-related. We're going to talk uh, potential coaching candidates. Uh, we do, Taylor, have uh, our first guest in the second hour, Kyle Spear of... The Third Banner Podcast, he's going to be making his LSL debut tonight. Nice. There you go. There you go. Your horn sound was better than mine. Oh, thank you. And then our good friend Ty Spaulding will join us at 8.30. We're going to share what we've heard in the coaching carousel. Ty will also be by to um, drop off some football recruiting nuggets, Taylor, that I'm sure that you were excited. Absolutely. He has been in the Sunshine State today, I believe yesterday as well. Um, 
with Garrick McGee at least and maybe some other coaches, but I know Coach McGee's there as well, seeing a lot of highly ranked prospects, some big dogs Good. down there um, in the state of Florida, especially in South Florida. So we'll get his take on that. And so like a lot of you, um, you know, I was talking to a, a colleague today and he was like, I, I totally forgot that we played. I mean, how many times have you heard that over the last two or three years? And I was like, I was like, you know what? Now that you say that, you never text me because usually he'll send, you know, some sort of text during yeah. the game. Like, you didn't, yeah, you didn't send me a text. Nope. I, I thought about that. He's like, yeah, I thought, I thought we played today. Like, well, for the vast majority of the game, I thought the team probably thought that they were playing the other, the other day as well. But last night was more of the same. Yeah. Louisville starts off slow in the first half. They have some embarrassing margin. And then they they battle back in, in part because the opponent lets off the gas and they're getting bored. And that was the case yesterday. Um, you know, shouts out to Trey White, though. Kid balled out. Yeah. 29 and 14. Um, he, he gets his props. He gets his flowers. He single-handedly kept Louisville in the game and then helped you know spur the comeback, if you will. But like I said on your course Light Louisville basketball postgame show, and T, saying, I'm sure you say the same thing when you have it. <clears throat> like I'm not, I'm not here for fighting back. Moral I'm, victory. I'm not here for they didn't give up. And right. you know Zach's favorite word, fight. That KP said in his press conference um, several times yesterday. Yeah, that's all well and good, but you know what? Hey, it was the first time they fought back all year. Let's give him some credit there. Yeah. He actually said that yeah. first time they fought all year. So on really? January thirtieth. Interesting. Yep. And so, and that's the thing too. It's like we are so numbed to what Louisville basketball really is because of how bad this program has been recently that. Again, I think most fans are like us, Taylor, that are just they're they're checked out and then they they're not accepting anything like that. But yeah. So my whole point was last night or earlier this morning technically <laughs> was you know, don't get down by twenty four. And you don't have to fight and claw back. Like yeah. don't get down to begin with to Virginia. How about let's not get down by twenty eight or thirty by at one point I'm a, yeah, on your thirty piece to a a Virginia team who is nowhere near how good Tony Bennett's teams have been in recent history. 8150-939 is the number of the UPS Jobs text line. Of course, it's 3831-939 if you want to chime in there. Um, also, before we open up the phone lines, I do want to share a, a, a morsel of information of, of what I've heard in regards to the Louisville basketball job coming open. Um, this is the one. This is the one piece that I can confirm, and I'm comfortable saying. I said it last night on the post game, but if you were asleep, I don't blame you. So I'll repeat it here on LSL. There is mutual interest between Eric Musselman and Louisville. I don't know to what degree. I'm not saying that he's going to be the next coach. I just know that there is interest there between both parties. Again, I, I don't know to what extent, and I'm not saying he's going to be the next coach. If you all were paying attention to social media, and I'm sure that you were, the Trilly Donovan tweet, Taylor, yep. they got everybody in a frenzy. What, last week or two weeks ago, it had four coaches mm -hmm. in there. 
Mick Cronin. You might have, uh, you might be familiar with the hashtag Mick yeah. is the pick. Yeah, I've Perhaps, seen that. Yeah. Seen that a few times. Yeah, maybe once or twice. But yeah, on your feed. Yeah, uh, he was he was um, in one quadrant, and you had Chris Beard, then you had Eric Musselman, and you had Drum Tank. What Trilly's update showed you, no words, just pictures, had Mick Cronin kind of splotched out. So there was three remaining, Chris Beard, Musselman, and Tang. Where I am right now, yep. based on what we've known, I will take any of those three coaches. I don't have a specific order. I said earlier in the season, Shaka Smart was up high on my list. I just haven't heard anything Anything, any buzz at all, like I've heard with Muss and Louisville yeah. this time around. I have not heard that in terms with with Shaka Smart. Scott Drew is is certainly a name that I would like to to hear associated with Louisville. I have not heard any buzz, at least right now, in regards to that. So that's where I am with my three. My three would be Muss, Beard, and Tang. I don't have a specific order. Because let's face it, if you have either of those three people, <laughs> you are light years ahead yes. of what we have now. Yes, absolutely. So, And Chris Beard, of course, is a lightning rod. And, of course, we've had that discussion the mm-hmm. last couple of days or so. I, where do you guys stand on that? Because I think I'm not anti-hiring him. I'm not openly like you must hire him. I'm more of a I want Josh Hurd to do his due diligence. I want him to do like every possible background check every form of research do every vetting possible and if you feel comfortable with it then go ahead but I want him to be as thorough as possible but I'm not going to sit in the camp of absolutely hire him or absolutely don't hire him I think there should be some room for nuance I'm I'm where I'm where you are as far as Beard is concerned that's why he's in my you know he's in my top three but I don't have you know I'm not saying Absolutely not, or they need to hire him or else. I'm not there either. And then, too, like I've said earlier, I think this is the very beginning of this coaching carousel. You saw somebody from Arkansas. You you might not have, Taylor, but he tweeted out. Yeah, I uh, saw that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? He's already taken it down. Yeah. So I uh, asked him if he wanted to come on the show. <laughs> um, so, But he, he already had taken that down, but he had mentioned that – Louisville was targeting Mick Cronin, and his buyout would go down to $16 million after April 1st. If they decide to part ways with Kenny Payne, then he's also heard Jerome Tang, and I think he mentioned Chris Beer too. Um, but, like, that's where we are. And so then we also have Trilly Donovan basically saying Mick Cronin is no longer a he's candidate. Out. Yeah. Just, just buckle up because you're going <laughs> to hear – you're going to hear a variety of of instances. You're going to have a, hear a variety of names. You're going to have a, hear a variety of situations. And, and you're going to hear names that aren't that we're not even talking about right now. Yes, and so that's why I wanted to preface this as of right now. This is where my top three is because it's going to change, and you're going to hear some names. Yeah, and that's what I want, Taylor. I don't want like we did last like last cycle, and I, for the or last even two. the cycle before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Chris Mack. Boom. That's Kenny the, Payne. That's, boom, the that's it. Let's let's take our time to a degree, yeah. and if the co- if our next coach is in the NCAA tournament, then we're going to have to be patient, whether we like it or not. Mm. I think right now my my top three would be Scott Drew, Jerome Tang, probably Musselman, 
Dusty May a very close fourth on that list. So, and again, and so, and and we'll talk to our first guest, Kyle Spear, about this. Mm-hmm. Um, he also follows IU fairly closely, and and he's kind of where I am with him. Like, That's yes, your big he, fear. He's a great coach, but I when IU comes calling, and we, we can ask him about that a little bit later. But you know, if that wasn't there, I'm still like certainly Dustin May is a fantastic coach. Yeah, but he's just I don't know. He hasn't really done that done it for me yeah I, you know what i mean I, he, I, he wouldn't be in the, my top five i, I would kind of put shaka smart in that same mix of like shaka's a good coach but i need to see more ncaa tournament yeah, absolutely success absolutely so before we open up the phone lines we got tim and loyal lawrence on the line a couple of stats from muscleman um right now taylor his overall winning percentage in the college ranks is point uh, seven one four. his record in the ncaa tournament is 10 and 6 at Arkansas, he has two Sweet 16s and two Elite 8s. No, I'm sorry. He has – it's not in front of – he has two Elite 8s and I'll a Sweet 16 at Arkansas. He had a – yes, he has – for his coaching career, two Sweet 16s, two Elite 8s at Arkansas, two Elite 8s and one Sweet 16. Um, out of the eight eligible seasons that he's been a coach, you have to take out the COVID year, he's made the NCAA tournament six times out of eight. And then, like I said, 10 and 6 in the NCAA tournament. And five of those eight seasons, he's won 25 games or more. To All his, of his seasons, he's won 20 or more. To his record, he does have two Sweet 16s and two Elite Eights. He's got the Sweet 16 at Nevada in 2017, 2018. Uh, and then he's got the postseason being canceled his first year at Arkansas. Elite Eight, Elite Eight, Sweet 16. This year... What do you make of them this year? They're not good this year. They're but ten and ten, and they're one and six in in yeah. SEC. Play. They've lost a lot of close games. Well, it's just when you rely as heavily on the portal as Musselman does, you're going to have a year every four or five years yeah. where it just doesn't hit. And I think this year it just didn't hit. And it doesn't disqualify me from wanting to hire Muss. I think he's a great coach. But the other thing about him is he's not a guy who stays anywhere particularly right. long. So maybe his time at Arkansas, this is one of those. He's been there for three or four years now maybe it's time for a new challenge time to move up as he's done he's gone from nevada to arkansas the trajectory would say louisville is the next place for him i had or a one source of those tell me I had, a, I had a source tell me last week that um he is ready to move on from arkansas and zach that is also an area that that concerns me about like like i want this next coach I, at least a decade you know what i mean just yeah. like let's let's plant the flag Let's just let's go. This is our coach, and have some stability. Yep. As exciting as speculation and coaching searches are, whoever this next coach is, is, let's let it be a home run, and let's let him be successful and get this thing rolling. That that's that's what I want. And he's a guy that's been successful in his first year in jobs. Read a, read off, if you will, to our wonderful listeners mm-hmm. what he's done at Nevada because he had. I mean, you're talking twenty seven, twenty eight wins. Yeah. So year one at Nevada, they were twenty four and fourteen. They were ten and eight in in, uh, in the Mountain West, and they went to the CBI and they won the CBI. The very next year, they were twenty eight and seven, and went to the NCAA tournament. It got bounced in the first round. He followed that up with the core of that team coming back. They went twenty nine and eight. They were fifteen and three in Mountain West. They 
won the Mountain West and went to the Sweet 16. His last year at Nevada in 18 and 19, he was 29 and 5, 15 and 3 again in conference play and went to the round of 64 again. He was 110 and 34 in his time at Nevada. That works. And then his first year at Arkansas, he was 20 and 12. The postseason was canceled because of COVID. Then he was 25 and 7, 28 and 9. And last year, 22 and 14 with a Sweet 16. Yeah. So again, at Arkansas, Elite Eight, Elite Eight, Sweet 16. And then at Nevada, he had another Sweet 16 and a couple other NCAA tournament appearances. Yep. Taylor, the one number, if you're looking at it from strictly the numbers perspective, his SEC record is none too impressive. 42, 42 and 36. 36. Yes. Yeah. So that, that, you know, again, but listen, every coach is going to have their warts. You, mm-hmm. You're going to be able to pick apart anybody. Like Jerome Tang, we both really like him, but he's only been a head coach for a year and a half. Yep. Now he's had pretty good results, but you know you don't have that larger sample size that maybe you would want. For me, I'm willing to look past that because I think that he just gets it. I love the way his teams play. His offensive philosophy is exciting to watch, and you know you're you are he was a lifelong assistant at Baylor got his first job, hit the ground running, and had a hell of a hell of a team mm-hmm. in his first year. 8150-939 is the number. Tim will lead things off tonight on LSL. What's up, Tim? Not a whole lot. How you guys doing? Man, I'm kicking it. Ready, uh, ready to turn the page already for uh, Louisville basketball. No doubt about that. Well, we don't need to talk about Louisville basketball because this is coaching search radio essentially now. <laughs> and, You're right. uh, I, you know, I, I'm calling to plead the case and introduce the Louisville world to Danny Sprinkle. Now, <laughs> someone named Cody called in to Mark yep. Joe and named it as a goofy hashtag. And I'm like, that's not even a real person. But I got bored, and I went down the Danny Sprinkle rabbit hole a couple nights ago. This guy is a superstar in the making. I'm going to lay out my case here. He's 45 years old, I think, mid-40s, so he's young. His alma mater is Montana State, so he ain't going anywhere if he gets hired at a big job. So let me tell you a little bit about Montana State's program because I had nothing better to do, so I read up on it. Montana State made their third NCAA tournament in history in 1996 when Danny Sprinkle was a freshman on the team. They did not make another tournament for almost 30 years. That was their third tournament ever. Sprinkle got the job at Montana State, which is a coaching graveyard, in 2019. The previous coach had been fired. He stunk it up like everybody always does at Montana State. <laughs> Danny Sprinkle went 16-15 and 15 his first year, and the year got cut short by COVID. In his second year, he beat the number one seed in the Mountain West tournament, went all the way to the championship, which they had only won two championships in conference history, lost in the championship game to Eastern Washington. Then two years ago, he wins 26 or 27 games, wins the Mountain West Championship at Montana State, uh, takes them to their third tournament ever, and it's their, I'm sorry, their fourth tournament ever, and it's their third conference championship. Last year, he wins another 27 or 28 games, wins the Mountain West again, Fourth tournament or fourth conference championship in the school's history, fifth tournament. So he's got fifty percent of their conference championships, and 
40% of their tournaments in essentially three years where they were eligible. He takes the Utah State job this year because their coach left to go to Virginia, uh, Virginia Commonwealth. So do you know what they were predicted to finish in the Mountain West? And I'm sorry, the Montana State's in the big sky, I think it is. It's the yes. Mountain West that, that Utah State's in. Do you know what they were predicted to be in the preseason this year? Utah State, probably what, eighth? Eighth. Wow. Do you know how many points they brought back from their roster from last year's team that did make the tournament? I'm going to say 10. They brought back zero. Oof. They brought back zero points from last year. They are 19-2 and in the top 20, going to make the tournament. They've lost two games. One was to Richard Patino's New Mexico team, which we all know is good. And I, I just, I ain't gonna lie. I forgot who they lost the other one to, but I think they've won another five or six games in a row. They just beat Boise State, who I think is number three in the conference behind them and New Mexico. And they're nine and one, I think, in the Mountain West. Uh, I mean, like everything about this guy, he has done nothing but win since he became a coach. And I mean, like the hashtag stupid, but like, I mean. I can't think of a better, younger coach that's accomplished more in the time he's accomplished. So I don't know what you all think, but at least I give you something to think about. So I won't be the only one within a few weeks that thinks Danny Sprinkle is a name to watch. There we go. Well, Tim, I appreciate your research and and sharing that information with us. Uh, They did lose at Bradley this season uh, in an overtime game. but Well, that was the second one. Yep, that was the second one. Nice. Well, I love the show, guys, and uh, this is the fun part. We get to talk about what's next. This yes. is exciting, so that's the good part. No more despair. There you, you know, go. But, uh, take care, guys. Appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks, man. Bye. Coaching Search Radio. Yeah. No, they've, I mean, they've got some impressive wins. I mean, they beat Stephen F. Austin, which is a perennial tournament team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've beaten Marshall this season. Uh, they've beaten... They beat number 13 Colorado State this year. I mean, hey. I mean, if you can coach, you can coach. It doesn't matter the school. And he's won everywhere he's been. So that's a name off off the beaten path. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. What would you think of Lamont Paris, the South Carolina coach? Maybe he's a guy that gets thrown in the mix with what he's done. You know, he just came off of beating beating team up the road. Almost did it there. Team up the road. And then uh, Tennessee. And then they did it again. Is he in his second or is this year year, one? Year one. This this is year year zero. No, last year was year zero, and then this is year one. Right. No, it's year it's year one half. Guys, get it right. (laughs) Sorry. Year half. Year half. There we go. How is South Carolina ranked? They will right. be. They, they will be. They better be. Sure. Yeah. You, they you should have been the team already. Up the road in Tennessee, back-to-back games. You're yeah. 18 and three on the season. Yeah. They Man. whipped team up the road. <clears> beat <throat> yes, them by 17. Did. Dominated. You love to see it. You do. Loyal Lawrence, you're up next on LSL. What's up, buddy? Franco. Franco. <laughs> yeah. Some E40 is for rejoin music. Sprinkle me, man. I was like, okay, here's the situation. You got the free guys that um. Billy, Billy, well, his name is put up. But Eric Musselman is going to probably show his wife more. They show him as the head coach on TV. And if he get win big games, he's going to probably end up going shirtless and pointing his um, shirt <laughs> over his head. And he's the type of guy where you can go out and drink a bird with. Mm-hmm. 
He's got that energy, man. He's got that energy that this program needs. And he, he, and when it comes to getting guys in the transfer portal, he's real good at that. And he does run the good system. I would not, I wouldn't, I would not be mad if they did get Musterman. Like a couple years ago, I was against that, but I'll be okay. I'll be okay if you got Musterman. And if you get Chris Bird, we're going to get criticized. Chris Bird, Chris Bird, going to have to answer for everything. He, he it happened in his past, and he's gonna have to do a whole lot of interviews. He's gonna probably know having to come come on y'all show a couple of times, explain himself over and over again. Because because if he start because if he starts winning, and he's gonna have to um live in the transfer portal for the next for the next couple of years because he's gonna because if you look at his um guys he got at Ole Miss right now, he, it was a lot of guys he had to get in the transfer portal, but I. Pretty sure he's gonna put a good staff together. I'm pretty sure the defense gonna be way better, and and he gonna he gonna make Louisville into a winning program again. And, and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get on him if he don't do if he don't do good because he's gonna be walking a thin line from day one since he get here, right? Absolutely. And Jerome Payne, he ain't gonna take he ain't gonna take no crap from nobody. It's that simple. If guys don't play the way he wants to play, he's gonna set them on the bench, or you can he gonna make them leave the program because he's gonna make sure these guys play the right way. So those three guys, I have no problem with. Like, but this time, guys cannot get bullied by the former players. He got to make his pick. He got to make this um, decision on his own because, I, like. He 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 followed the because he did kind of get bullied hard hiring Kenny Payne. Am I wrong about that? I don't know about uh, Lawrence. I think bullying is maybe a little bit too strong of a term. I think there was he was pressured absolutely, and I, and I think you know right. and based on what Kenny said when he was first hired about him having to be talked into taking the job. I mean, I think that lends itself to that that explanation as well. I look at it this way. I wanted King Payne too. I was fool. I was fool. Like the thing that got me wanted the King Payne was the recruiting aspect. Cause I thought we we're gonna get top recruits to come to Louisville and play play for play for him. I, well, I forgot. You still gotta have. They gotta be able to coach the team. Coach, coach the team up after to be able to play good. Mm-hmm. But Josh is gonna. I think Josh wanted wanted probably um. Musclemen or somebody else at the time before he hired Kenny Payne, he couldn't do it because he was further into hiring Kenny Payne at the time. I think this time he's going to make the choice. They're going to let him actually make the choice on his own instead of being further into hiring a certain guy. Yeah. And if guys make the right hire out, those three guys are, um, like like you said, um, Drew. If Drew does come here, I'd be okay with that too. Because he's going to bring a great recruiting class, great, great transfers. I just want a coach that's good enough that be able to do free things. Teach fundamental. Have them play good, great defense. And don't get a bird by the lower, lower half of the ACC. Yep. And by, by, by Lynn Rance. Don't lose the bad team. That's all I'm at. Do not lose the bad team. Don't make, because over these past, what, three years? It has been an embarrassment. Yeah. 
the country is laughing at the University of Louisville basketball program. Like, come on, man. Like, something got changed. Yeah. And last, like, last night, I I didn't call last night because I said, forget this, I'm going to bed. Because <laughs> I, I, was, I was so upset because they lost another game. Like, yeah, Trey White, yeah, Trey White put up 29.14 rebound, but did they win? No. I don't care about how many points you put up. Get the W. Do do what you need to do. Get the win. I don't care about the stats or nothing like that. If you don't get the win, then I'm I'm upset. Cause two, like the only thing made me have made me happy this week. My 49ers going to the Super Bowl. That's it. Yeah. Other than that, I hope guys make the right choice. I, I'm, I'm it, we only got three weeks left of this of this mess and I can't wait to move on from Kenny. Yeah. I think I think that's where the vast majority of the fan base is as well, Lawrence. Thanks for the phone call, man. We always always appreciate it. Uh, T, we got any uh, texts coming down on the UPS Jobs text line at 3831-939? Yeah, Texter says, I think Scott Drew would be my first call. Next would be Beard. Beyond that, I don't know. I think those two are the best choices. If you don't hire Beard because of his past charges that have been dropped, somebody like a UK will hire him, and he'll kick your blank. Get on board, and let's get back to winning again. Chris Plummer. I think that's kind of the sad reality of things. Now, I don't want to make my decisions just based on and I don't, the team up the road and or I anybody don't care. else. Yeah, and I don't care. Let them yeah. go yeah. for it. I'm I'm not going to make my decision based off that. Now, if I don't hire Chris Beard, it's for entirely different reasons. It's not because the team up the road wants him or somebody else wants him. Like I've said, though, do your due process. Scott Drew would personally be my first call. I yeah. think he fits all the bills required. I just don't see Scott Drew leaving Baylor. That's just me. Scott Drew was interested in the Louisville job the last time. Yeah. Yeah, and Muscleman was as well when yep. he was at Nevada. He wanted that when when uh, you know Chris when Mack Chris was, Mack was hired. Yeah, yeah. Who the hell is Truly Donovan? <laughs> Truly Donovan. No one knows. Yeah, no we one don't knows. know. No, no one knows, knows who uh, Bring Brom Home guy is either. But people are trying. People are trying. I I just don't. What would like, be the funniest possible yeah. outcome of who it is? I don't know, but Strebel. You. <laughs> yeah, there's. But how can you have? That much time on your hands, right? Just rattle unless you had unless you're like a um, an IT person and you have some algorithm that just like anybody that talks about level basketball hashtag make us the pick, like right? Just it, you can right. just fire it off there. Like I don't see, and it's just it's so random. Like you're talking about whatever. Like you could be talking about like what do you have for lunch? Make us the pick. Make us the pick. <laughs> it's like all right, man. I mean, I don't know. Hey, honey, how was your day? Make, make us, us the pick. pick. Okay, um, yeah. you know, this weather sucks. Yeah, make, yeah, us, make the us the pick. pick. Um, I'm leaving you and taking the kids to my to my mom's house. Okay, uh, make us the pick. Make us the pick. <laughs> you can ask like a question. Is Mick the pick? <laughs> um, Texture said, Pat Kelsey, diamond in the rough. And I got to look that up. Yes, yeah, so we can do that. Um, let's go back to the phone lines. 8150-939 is the number. Bob is up next on LSL. Hey, Question Bob. mark? Was- hey, guys. How are y'all doing tonight? Doing well. And yourself? Wonderful. Um, I am here to say that I want to get off of the pain train and get on the must bus. All <laughs> right. There you go. I think he, I think he would be a great pick. Um, you know, the only concern I have is he is getting up there, you know, in his 60s. But, but then again, you know, he seems like a healthy guy and – and and he could be like Rick Pitino and Denny Crum, uh, who 
they didn't think that they were going to be here for more than three or four years, but they came to Louisville. They liked the the city, and they ended up staying a pretty long time. Uh, So hopefully that will be the case with him. He's coached in the NBA. Uh, He's been a head coach, uh, you know, at at several places, and he's won quickly. So I, I think he would be a great pick. And whoever, though, Louisville picks, they had better be a head coach with experience in winning. Yes. Uh, no assistant coaches. I don't care whether they have a great pedigree or whatever. They, they better be a head coach. Uh, and if you're Louisville, I think you, you make a, you know, if you're Josh Hurd, you make a call to Scott Drew, but I don't know that he's going to want to leave. And, you know, at first, they were talking about Mick Cronin, and I kind of soured on him because he's he's been he's been kind of like Mac has been to the media when things aren't going right. He's yep. been kind of dicey with them, and and I don't think you can do that at Louisville. Louisville's a big job. It's like Charlie Strong went to Texas, and Texas was just too much for him. Uh, I don't think that, you know, this job will work for everybody. Uh, I think, uh, but I think I'm, I'm getting my tickets for the must bus, guys. Here we go. All aboard. Bob, thanks for the phone call, man. Appreciate it. So, Pat Kelsey did, did, some, did some research. Uh, you may not want him here because this, this may be Amber's new Tony Bennett. So, okay. you may not, that's, that's you may not want to go down this road. Listen. If, I'm just saying. If he's attractive, that's fine. I'm just saying. If he's winning basketball games, he's attractive to everybody. Let's exactly. be there you go. go. Uh, no, he was the head coach at Winthrop for several years, from 2012 to 2021. Uh, took Winthrop to the round of 64. Um, the tournament was canceled in 2020. Uh, they were 24-10 and 10 that year, so they probably would have gone back to the tournament. Uh, and then round of 64 in 2020-2021, they were 23-2, and 17-1 and 1 in conference play. Okay. Uh, and then now he is the head coach at Charleston. Uh, they were 17 and 15 his first year, but last year they were 31 and four, and went to the NCAA tournament. This year, currently they're 15 and six, and he's six and two in conference play. My, you know, certainly impressive stats, and I just said it too. If you can coach, you can coach anywhere. But I would that let's just say he's from Cincinnati and he played uh, point guard at Xavier. Just for the sake of argument, yep. Would a coach, even even crazy successful like Coach Kelsey is, that doesn't have Power Five experience, would that scare you off? A little bit. Yeah, me too. A little bit. And that's why, if you can get a Muss or a Tang or or a Beard, like somebody like that has experience, this is not like football. Yeah. Like and we pulled Jeff Brom from Purdue, a Big Ten school. But let's be honest: if we didn't have the hometown connection, would Louisville football be able to to pull an attractive coach from another power program on the football side of things? I don't know. history before that. Yeah, said no. Yeah, but but so for Louisville, it's also important to remember: you know, as a top six, seven program, you can get just about anybody you want. Just about. I'm not saying everybody, mm-hmm. but just about anybody you want, because Louisville is still 
if it's the top six or seven program, you can make the argument this is a top five job. At worst, top ten. At worst. Chris Mack considered Pat Kelsey one of the best assistant coaches in America. Interesting. So, there take that go. for what it's worth. He was the associate head coach at Xavier from 09 to 2011 before he left to take the Winthrop job. Texter does chime in. His winning percentage is what, 0.672? Yep. Okay, not bad, not bad. Uh, what's that other text say, T? Uh, 81 or 38, 31, 93, 9. Let's see. All these old people in Danny Sprinkle is just past LeBron's age. So I was going to make a rhyme. I know. Keep it on time. Yeah. Make it sour like a lemon lime. Hey. Which is no crime. Hey. Roger, you're up next on Louisville Sports Live. How you doing? Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, I, you, I I hate to get to say anything bad about one of our players that's leaving, but me personally, I'm not going to be sad to see Brownlee leaving because when, when, de- when he's defending a, a wide receiver, it's, it's either going to be the guy's going to catch it or it's going to be pass interference. And then when he's trying to trying to tackle somebody on the on the winter running, you saw it in the in the bowl game. The guy's running, and here goes Brownlee laying down on the ground trying to catch him by his feet, you know, sideways. But anyway, what I'm happy about is when I saw the stats when I read today in the Courier about some of the players that that can replace the players that are leaving, and and I saw one of the guys had like ten pass breakups in in uh, in like last year and uh we, we we haven't had any any uh any defenders that that had many pass breakups they they might get a lot of tackles and a lot of flags but they don't get a lot of pass breakups so that i'm, I'm excited to see that i'd like to see some some uh guys that can actually defend passes and and break them up you know what i mean absolutely uh, and you know one one thing about basketball that I, that our our team that I cannot understand is how far behind we can get in the first half, and how they'll play so hard and play even or or, or even win the second half. It, yeah, I, I don't understand. That's got to be coaching. If that's not on the players, and I love Kenny to death, I really do. But in the first half, we they they're. I, I don't know. Are they too tight? Are they? You know, I, I don't know what that is. But in the second half, they're 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 you know cutting into the lead. If you look at the stats and the, uh, the score in the second half, you know we're, we're I think in the game before this we outscored them by a point in the second half. So it's it's that you know maybe maybe they'll click and come on. I hope you know. I, but I love the players. I mean, they they are playing with all their heart. For the players that we've got left that can play, mm-hmm. you know, do, do we have anybody that's injured that's going to be able to start back playing again? I'm not sure. Um, I think um, Ty- Tyler Johnson is day to day. We should get an update on Friday if he's able to go on Saturday. Uh, I think there was an ankle. I think he did injure it in the shoot around um, yesterday morning, so it's still a recently fresh injury. Uh, not that Hersey Miller really contributes, but I, I find that kind of strange that he, he's he gone outside of the UofL family 
of the medical personnel to kind of see what's yeah. going on. I have in an no, outside opinion. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what that's all yeah. about or what injury he yeah. has, but I think I would if I'm guessing, I think Tyler should be able to play on Saturday. And we don't have any other big men that are going to be available. No, not with a uh, with a core of four ready to go. It's going to be BHH and a core of four with the with the lion's share of the minutes and and maybe um, when needed Caleb Glenn, you know, an undersized you know five yeah. man uh, in the paint like he, like unfortunately he had to play last night. Yeah, uh, I mean the 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 guys they're in 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 the second half they're playing with all their hearts. You can tell. And I but, think uh, Roger to answer your question, I think. That once they get down by such a large margin, like there's no pressure, and they play freer, and they play with like you know they play with uh, reckless abandonment, and or abandon, and then like there's not you know what I mean they're just chipping away and they're they're not they're playing more than they're thinking. Where I think when the game starts out, um, they play tighter, and then especially yeah. when shots aren't falling, and then you know the opponent. You know, more often than not, the defense isn't good. So if the opponent is missing shots, I think Louisville stays in, and that was the case last night. I mean, both teams couldn't hit the broadside of a barn yesterday. You're right. But then when the opponent does hit their shots like Virginia did, our defense is so bad that, you know, in a blink of an eye, you're down by 10. Another blink of an eye, you're down by 18, 20. And then once you get down that far, it's just like, okay, well, we're just going to play. We don't have anything else to lose. Now, that's obviously not the recipe for success and a recipe to win. But I think, to answer your question, I think that would be the best explanation uh, to give you. Yeah, okay. That's that's kind of what I was thinking, too. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about, the, uh, about football still. So, I guess I'll start satisfying myself by watching replays of old games. There you go. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. <laughs> That start with uh, yeah, good night. All right, man. Thanks for the Appreciate phone call. Appreciate it. Speaking of football, Roger called an audible. Yeah, he did. He, he was, I wasn't was ready. Rally. Yeah, I was. I, I zigged and Roger zagged, and yeah, I was not not prepared for that. Uh, speaking of football, we do have a little bit of football news. Football. A little da 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 da. Uh, Jeff Halfley leaving Boston College to become the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, and that's it. That's in terms of timing. That is late in Yikes. the cycle. So of course, for BC. Louisville, I forgot. I think it's in October. It's a Friday night game. It is in Chester Friday Middle. night. Yep. yep. So, um, you know, I feel for those players, Oof. man. This man. is going to be a move that has major ramifications, and I don't think it's going to be the last time that you see this because of NIL, because of transfer portal, because of everything that you have to do with college football. Where in the NFL, it's just straight coaching. And Jeff Halfley was a defensive coordinator so, at Ohio State beforehand. Right. I don't think this is going to be the last time you see a head coach. <clears throat> leave maybe even for a coordinator job in the NFL but certainly for other head coaching jobs in the NFL. So now the question is is the portal closed now? Do we know like I think yeah, I think Until it is cuz I haven't heard ball. anything cuz now I haven't heard anything about Michigan players transferring. That sucks for these kids, man. Cuz now you're locked in but and think, you got to go through the spring with yeah. whoever and and who do you hire? I mean, who if you're BC, who who do you hire? Cause you're not you gonna probably hire from within. You're gonna in have to keeping those guys. You're gonna have to because yeah, you can't go out and get anybody right now. Nobody's gonna want to leave. No, their nothing's programs open right, right now. now. Nothing's open right now. Nobody's no. like nobody. Everybody's secure in their own position. So you're just gonna have to hire from within. Yeah, I, that's the thing that feels dirty about this is that yes. Jeff Halfley waited this long to do it. You know, Jim Harbaugh waited as long as he did to go right. to the Chargers. I I don't even know if the window's open for Michigan the way that it was open for Alabama after Saban retired. I don't right. think it is. I don't know, but that's that's rough. And what's interesting to me is 
you know, Halfley was on the hot seat his last two seasons at BC. And now he's going to go to the NFL. He's going to be the DC at Green Bay. And they're probably going to have success. I think he's going to be pretty good as a defensive coordinator. And in a couple of years, <laughs> he's probably going to get a head coaching job in the NFL somewhere. And yeah. it, the, the the irony of the fact that he w- was almost not good enough to be the head coach at Boston College, but we're probably a few seasons away from Jeff Halfley getting a head coaching job in the NFL. Yeah. It's just, it, it, it's, he's it's a, crazy. He's a heck of a defensive coordinator. He made yeah. Ohio State right away from 2018. They were the one, one of the worst defenses in the country. They were number one the next year, and he's had pretty good defenses at BC. What, they win seven or eight games this year after yeah. it looked like they were going to be one of the worst programs in the country yeah. to start the season? Nobody's saying the guy can't coach, and I think he's going to turn that Packers defense around. They weren't very good toward the end of last year, and if they get good, I mean, with what Jordan Love is, they got some pieces. That's 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 a dangerous team next year. And again, like you all mentioned too, like you don't have to go on recruiting trips. You don't have to worry about NIL. Nope, you're just coaching. You're yeah, and you get to have an off season. College football coaches don't get to have an off season. You're coaching or you're doing your job 365 days a year. When your NFL season is over, you can actually go out of the country for a week if you want to do that. You can go on vacation. You can do all those kind of things. So the lifestyle is more conducive for football coaches in the NFL than it is in college right now. I think they they need to. I think they need to set aside more dead periods. Yes, uh, for for the coaches, their families, and the players. There, there should be. You know, a two-week period here or there. I know there is. I, f- I feel like there is late June, early July. I know there is for the Kentucky High School Association. Yeah. Um, but I still think that f- for there should be at least two, two-week, just you can't talk to anybody, you know, spend time with your family, get away from the facility for a couple of weeks, do that in the summer, do that in the, you know, in your off other off-season regardless of the sport. If you can have four weeks total, at least – um, because yeah, I mean, as much money as they're paid, they're still allowed some off time, and they need it. So everybody needs to recharge. Absolutely, every, every, every once in a while. Eighty-one fifty ninety-three nine is the number. James is up next on the program. Hey, James. Hey guys, how are y'all? Doing well, man. Um, two two fronts that I want to point out here about the basketball team. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Payne hadn't been fired today. I haven't been listening to anything or not. Right? Correct. Correct. Okay. Why can't Josh Hurd go ahead and fire the man and let Nolan Smith take a shot? Because, honestly, when they were searching for pain, I thought Nolan might be a good choice just from his background. And I know other callers have voiced their concern about hiring assistant coaches. And, of course, Denny did do Long Beach State, I think, for a little bit, but he was an assistant under Wooden for years. Then the second thing is Hurd cannot miss on this one. Mm-hmm. He, he has to make a correct choice. And so I think he's not going to leave any rock and turn. And I'm thinking he's going to be like inquiring with Billy Donovan and people of that nature and looking at those assistants that could come on. So, you know, Chris Beard, he's a good choice. I, I think that any of the other guys, Muscleman mm-hmm. or uh, Drew, would be excellent coaches. But I think Herb's going to get a wide spectrum going here. Y'all thoughts? Absolutely, James. I feel like he needs to. I'm with you, yeah. I, I think that he has to nail this hire. And like we mentioned earlier, I want there to be a true search. Yes. Where you can interview. Not like last time. Yes. Where you interview multiple candidates. Mm-hmm. You see 
you, you know, you gauge their interest. If they're, if it's reciprocated, all right, bring them in for an interview, go meet them somewhere, but talk to multiple people. Don't zero in on one person that appears to be a good fit. Let's, let's cast a wide net. This let's talk to five or six, seven people and then go on from there. But I'm with you, James, uh, Josh Hurd has to nail this next hire. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good evening. Appreciate it. Yep. And I think what also needs to happen is Josh needs to be able to make this hire. Yes. The way he wants to do it, hire the guy that he wants. With no with outside. With no outside pressure or influence from anybody. Mm-hmm. This needs to be his hire to make. He is the athletic director. This needs to be his hire to make. And, and Taylor, like we were talking about earlier, with the next coach, we you know we want him to truly plant roots down in yes. this community for uh, for a while. And I hope too that Cardination can heal and be united once again because, man, we, we are on an island. It's in ugly. this state. You know what I mean? We're on like we got to battle BBN constantly. Yep. And we need to have a united front. We really do. We can't be fractured. And you know, and let's be honest. If you're objective and you truly paid attention to this situation, you knew the red flags and you knew if you didn't know after the first year, you knew after losing to Kentucky Wesleyan and losing to Chattanooga. And then if you still didn't know to Paul and Arkansas state that this wasn't going to work. And then if you still didn't know, yeah. And if you still didn't know, then you're ignoring the obvious. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know there, you know, there was, there, there were people out there that and I got attacked on social media for being a KP hater. I think we've all been, we've, yes, we've yeah. all been attacked. And it's like, and those, those that, that had that stance, they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's they're okay wrong. to be wrong. Yes. It's okay. It's okay to be wrong. We all wanted it to work. Whether we wanted him here or not yes. is, it, it doesn't matter. No. I, he was not on my list. I did not think it was the right hire. I said it from the very, very beginning. We sat on this show, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get behind uh, it." But, but yeah. oh yeah, you had your reservations. I did. What was the first, like, uh oh moment for you? Maybe the first two. The first one was in the introductory press conference, where he basically said that. His friends, his buddies, they twisted his arm, got him to come here. I'm like, <laughs> this doesn't sound like a guy that, that this was my dream job. This is right. like, like this. I is was a, convinced. A top six, seven job. They, they, yeah. Like, Sounds like a guy who lost a bet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He lost his fantasy league and the loser had to go be the Louisville coach. What, uh, what was another one off the top? Um... How long it took Zach, to put his staff together? Next. Yep. How, How long? long it took to put his staff together? Yeah. I mean, because literally, typically a coach gets hired, and that next week you're hearing this person's getting hired, this person's getting hired, just filling out a staff. This is the strength coach. This is blah 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 blah. We had like two weeks of nothing. Yeah, when he was first hired, he went up to New York. He went back to New York, and we're like, and we're like, what do we? What, is uh, is he? Wait, what's going on? Is does he think? I mean, I know COVID's still going on. Does he think he can zoom in and be the head coach? Like, 
Is he going to set up a teams meeting to and be the head coach? Like, like, how's this going to? Shouldn't you get your staff organized and hit the ground running? Josh told him this isn't remote, right? Like, he actually has to come in. Yeah. But then that gave off that. That was the first vibe, too, that he gave off. That, like, this is going to be a five-year plan. I don't have to have any sense of urgency. You know, they're so bad here. They're lucky to have me. And we're just going to ease into it. Yeah, that no. was that. Uh, Zach, what were, what were some two, like, two or three Red flags, the first one's for you. Yeah, the introductory press conference where he basically it was like, people begged me to take the job. I didn't want to take the job, essentially. Like, that is a major red flag. I want a guy that, if this is his dream job, you can tell. Like, when Jeff Brom had his introductory press conference, you could tell that this is a job that he's been waiting his whole life for. Kenny Payne looked like or sounded like he just got the job five minutes ago and didn't know that he was going to have to do a press conference that day. That was a big problem. I didn't even know about the Zoom stuff. That is a major red flag. But then the other part is losing to Leanne Rimes. I know it's an exhibition game and everything, and teams lose exhibitions, but you don't lose to Leanne Rimes by 10 points, and then you don't lose to Bellarmine, Wright State, and Appalachian State all by one point to start the season. Those are games that you got to get off on the right foot. You start 3-0, and and he didn't do that, and they just look completely disorganized. And I hadn't even moved here yet, and I still was like, wait a minute, what? They, yeah. they lost a... Right state, they lost to Appalachian State. I thought only Michigan could do that. <laughs> uh, yo, and then they just to go to Maui and just I I, I watched the Maui. Yeah, I watched oh, yeah. Maui. I watched that every year, and they weren't competitive. Like when they started zero and six, zero and seven, whatever the number was. Ooh, yeah, I, th- I knew right away that it wasn't gonna work. I mean, you can tell pretty quick whether a coach is gonna work, but more importantly, you can definitely tell very quickly when they're not gonna work. And I knew as soon as I got here this Kenny Payne guy he's a lost cause it's over you can't the press conference everybody says there's a reason they talk about winning the press conference yeah he lost the press conference and he's lost every press conference he's been a part of since he's been here since well he also doesn't talk to the media very much anyway so and then, yeah. but you and know then when he does, that's why he doesn't talk to the media because you guys twist his words and because oh, yeah. you guys react that way like no, no it's that's he's not, moving in silence yeah that's exactly he's right. like the G in the Louisville sports media is extremely reasonable. Mm-hmm. This is not like Philly, New York, professional sports. Extre- I would say by and large, that's true. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think, have do you think in KP's situation, the media has been more than fair? Yes. Okay. Uh, I would not only say more than fair, but there's certain people, I won't name names, but you can probably figure out that are you know still carrying his water to this day. They've been more than fair to mm-hmm. the point where it's been, I can't say it on air, but they've been kissing his behind. Look, Kenny needs to Let's send me a way. fruit basket when this thing is over with Ethan and I and apologize for the crap that we've had to go through for the last two years doing postgame. I think you guys are, what are they going to do, like a commercial in like five years? If you had to do Louisville basketball postgame shows, you may be right. entitled to financial compensation. Seriously. That, it's like when We're you go to that one though, camp. Man. We're going to get back. We will. That's what I back. said Saturday. We're gonna Those get, are my exact words. We're going to have this thing back. We're not going to stay down like we are forever and it shouldn't take very long in the portal era you can do it right away you can do it in two years minimum there is no three or four year rebuild anymore i did say well i don't know if i said it on air or not but i remember thinking after the during the post game show saturday we took call after call after call the phone lines were loaded from the top of the show and stayed that way we went for an hour and i think 20 minutes Took a took a break and came back and we were still rolling. This fan base is awesome. Yes, 
the fact that this team sucks so bad, but we still have a full bank of calls. Yeah. And people want to talk about it and people care to talk about it. Like Amen. personally, I I love these I love our fan base. I don't know how the hell they do it. Because it takes every ounce of me to sit down and watch the game when I have to do post. Because we're an elite program. We have that infrastructure of the fans. Yeah. The fans are in place. Again, we, we talked about in the summertime, even the TBT. You mm-hmm. had some players outside of UofL. But, like, d- just that brief two-week run in the summer. like Of real basketball. We realize <laughs> what we have been missing. And that's the point that I made last night, too. Like, we f- have forgotten what it feels like to have our name called on Selection Sunday. Yeah. It's crazy. It's not the same. We don't have our team in there to root for. It used to be, what seed are we going to get? Yeah. What region are what we going to What region are they going to put us in? Yeah. How, are we going to go all the way the out tickets? west yeah. again? How much are the tickets going to be? I want to go to one of those games. Like, that's, that is totally not even on our radar. Mm-hmm. Just even the nervousness of being on the bubble. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Louisville was never really in that situation. Yeah. Fortunately or unfortunately. I don't know how you want to look at it, but Louisville never had to worry about being in the bubble, being on the bubble. We were in. As as far as I can remember growing up, it was never a question of if Louisville was going to make the NCAA tournament. You're right. You're right. A couple more texts before we uh, hit our top of the hour break. Texter says, I knew after we lost to Leanne Rimes, never in my memory has UFL basketball had that bad of a loss, or do I ever remember losing an exhibition game for that matter? Yes, and then that for me it was it was twofold. It was that loss, but then it was the the laughing and the handshake, with the, the reaction to, to yeah. Sullivan. Yep. And and I mentioned this before. My first red flag was when KP addressed um, season ticket holders in that summer, and he was talking about NIL, and he was like, "Well, I have NIL, but I want players to come because they to play for Louisville." Here. Oh yeah, that and was then the we other could one talk about the NIL. Yeah, no. And my buddy and I just looked at each other like, oh. "Huh." Wait, what? And then he turned around after team up the road, and he's like, oh, it's like he just discovered that the transfer portal was a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, look at it, guys. There's this novel concept. You, have you heard of this thing called the transfer portal? I might actually use it. Yeah. Yeah. Texture said Bob Huggins would have been a fun interim coach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think we could have. <laughs> Never mind. Texture said, what about Ethan being a meme now? Yeah. I think that's that's you are a meme. That's thanks to uh, my co-host, partner crime Taylor. You're welcome for that one. At least you were styling, dude. I try to make you swag. Yeah, out. they all like the shoes. How about that? Yeah. Jay's on his feet. Yeah, man. So get like him. Yeah, so had get the, like him. Man. Starter. Yeah, dude had the starter jacket on. Yes, swag. And, and then the picture you took, I was like all sullen, contemplating. I know, contemplating life. I liked it. It was good. Yes. I mean, you're super famous. You and you and the governor are like besties now. I'll tell you what, I tell you what. Let's let's take our top of the hour break. We're going to have an LSL rookie on for the first time. Debut. Kyle Spear uh, of the Third Banner Podcast. Uh, we'll uh, let him tell you how you can listen to he and his cohort. They do a great job talking all things UFL sports as well. Quick break when we come back. Kyle, then our friend Ty Spaulding from cardinalsports.com. More coaching search radio ahead. You're listening to Louisville Sports Live right here on 93.9 The Ville.
Welcome into hour number two of Louisville Sports Live, the city's longest-running all UFL sports talk show right here on 93.9 The Ville. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of E40, but since we were talking about Danny Sprinkle, it'll sprinkle me, man. <laughs> I, used to go to a, I used to go to a school with a kid that looked like E40. <laughs> nice. I remember that was like the bird on the playground. Like We were all standing around, and everyone's cracking jokes. <laughs> this one kid was like, dude, shut up. You look like E40. And he's like, and what? Sprinkle and, me, man. It's sprinkle. Sprinkle me, mate. That's all. Awesome. Oh, good times. Yeah, you know we do at LSL, all things UFL football, basketball, and recruiting. We're hot and heavy with Louisville basketball or Coaching Search Radio. Coaching Search Radio. And I'm very excited and pleased to bring on Kyle Spire, creator of the Third Banner podcast. Um, you can follow him on Twitter, X, at the Third Banner. Banner, not banner. Easy for you to say. Yeah, right. Kyle, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining us. Hey, Ethan. Thanks for having me on, guys. Hey, Taylor. Hey, how's it going, glad, man? Glad to be on. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you guys tonight? Man, I tell you what, we're just we're really hot and heavy dissecting this game last night. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard. <laughs> so, so, Kyle, man, you all have done a fantastic job um, with the Third Banner podcast. Uh, I want you to plug it here in a moment. But also, too, the reason I wanted to have you on, man, because you did such a fantastic job on your podcast last week, kind of breaking down, I think it was like the top six um, coaches. Now, t- tonight we've talked about kind of three um, more more often than not. That's Chris Beard, Jerome Tang, Eric Musselman. So I'll lead things off with you with this. Out of those three, who do you feel like at this juncture – has the best chance of becoming the next Louisville coach. So, Ethan, it's still really early. I want to caveat with that. And all of this comes from the agent side because our side is laying low like they really should be, doing their back channel due diligence from what I understand. And nobody really knows. But if I had to just take a shot in the dark in the middle of January, I would say Eric Musselman would be at the top. Yeah. I mean that's that's certainly been the buzz, and how, how do you feel about that? I I like him as a coach. Certainly this year at ten and ten, losing to the team up the road in that fashion that they did on Saturday, that doesn't sit well um, with me. But I mean overall, I mean Taylor and I went over his body of work. It's been very impressive. He's won a lot at Nevada. He's won a lot at Arkansas outside of this season. Of course, two Elite Eights and a Sweet Sixteen there. Um, it's his style of play. He's got that charisma. He's got that energy that this program desperately needs. Uh, how would you feel? How, how excited on a scale of 1 to 10 would you be if Eric Musselman was the coach? Ethan, I will I will put it at an 8. And it would, I mean, it's, it's weird to say an 8 because anybody that's known me for a while now knows that for years I was banging the Eric Musselman drum. He actually was the candidate I wanted the most. When we hired Chris Mack, I was fine with hiring Chris Mack, but he was actually number two to my number one, which was Eric Musselman. And then uh, whenever the job came back open again, I knew we zeroed in on Kenny Payne, but I really wanted us to look at Eric Musselman then. And he's still high up on my list, and I still think it would be a great hire for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Kyle Spire joins us here on Louisville Sports Live, host and creator of the Third Banner Podcast. Kyle, other names. Um, so you went through 
I guess, pros and cons of other coaches. Give me two other coaches that you feel like Louisville will be in the running for and kind of kind of give us their bio and, and then how you feel about them and how they would fit potentially uh, being leader of this program. Yeah, so definitely I think Jerome Tang is on the list. And when I say the list, like I said, it's hard from knowing from our university exactly how interested they are. Uh, I do think there's mutual interest with Eric Musselman, like I said, but I would say Jerome Tang and Dusty May are both coaches of interest that we're looking at that I believe would at least have some interest. Uh, I would say starting with Jerome Tang, he's actually <laughs> on that episode you're talking about where we did a deep dive. We, I actually chose Jerome Tang as my first option, but I do have an odd caveat. Normally, when you monitor wins and losses with a coach, you don't want to be a prisoner of the moment when they have a, a bad stretch like Eric Musselman's having because you can look at Eric Musselman and say, well, he has eight previous years of 20-plus wins, and he has multiple tournament runs. A guy like Jerome Tang, unfortunately, he is kind of a guy that you really have to scrutinize and watch closely this year because he has one season as a head coach. And it was a really good season, and that's what got him on the radar to begin with. Mm -hmm. But these last couple of games make me a bit nervous because it's not even that they lost. They looked like they didn't belong on the same court. And I, I, I am curious to see how Jerome Tang rebounds. He's in a really tough stretch of basketball right now. He's had some really bad luck. His best returning player was dismissed by the president for something that really, when you look at it, it deserved a suspension. And I think it was something where he was getting in a bar fight and he accidentally hit a woman that was in the way but didn't like severely injure. It wasn't a good situation, but it wasn't malicious towards the woman. And beyond that, all of a sudden the president came in, and, and it was at the beginning of the year, so it wasn't even like he had time to prepare and get, accommodate the roster. He had to figure out in season what he was going to do to fill that void. And when I watched Kansas State play, they sorely miss him. Their offense has really struggled, but their defense is elite. So, Jerome Tang, I'm curious how he rebounds after two really bad losses, where his offense in particular really struggled. Uh, and then to answer your other, you said two candidates. So, Dusty May is a guy, obviously, down at Florida Atlantic. He had a tremendous year last season. I think he went 30 and 5 in the regular season, and he obviously went to the Final Four. Great season. Uh, this year, he returned almost all of his roster. I think he had one player graduate, and everybody else came back, and they're off to a really good start this year. The issue with Dusty May is twofold. You guys touched on it at the beginning. He's an IU guy. He's from Greene County. He's from about 20 minutes away from Bloomington. He was a student manager under Bobby Knight. He loves IU. His heart and soul has been in IU, and I actually expect the IU job, if Woodson keeps about the pace he's at right now this year, if he repeats a year like that next year, I fully expect that job to open. It's debatable whether Woodson would retire or whether he would be fired. So either way, I expect that job to open as soon as next year. He does have this year unless he decides to retire. He's not going to go anywhere. But, I mean, you don't want to bring a guy in and then immediately have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the other thing with Dusty May is – how fast 
because we whoever we hire with the amount of bad years we've had, and you guys talk about this a lot too, we've been down for a while. Fans aren't going to want to wait. So how does Dusty May come in? Most of these guys are going to graduate at Florida Atlantic or a guy like uh, John L. Davis. He's, he almost went pro this past offseason, so I can almost guarantee you he will go pro. So the question then becomes, okay, who can he bring? Can he recruit at a P5 level in the portal? He does. He made a great coach. And his style of play is very entertaining. He gets four guys, kind of like an O.J. right at Villanova, where he gets four guys who can all handle the ball, shoot the three, and they can space the floor very well. It's very entertaining. Now, his defense is man-to-man. It's a very soft man-to-man. It's, it's a little bit suspect. I wouldn't say that's his strength right now. But he's a good, entertaining coach. My issue is, you know, it took him five years at Florida Atlantic, which is understandable. Absolutely no resources at Florida Atlantic when he got there. He actually, when he took the job, he went home. Then he went and toured the facilities after he took the job, balled his eyes out to his wife <laughs> and said, I made a huge mistake. I didn't tour the facilities. There are no facilities. And he had, he had literally nothing. So what he's done down there is incredible. He has age on his side. Uh, there is a very strong correlation between coaches before the age of 60. Somebody pointed this out in our Discord, and they showed the data to back it up. Usually you plateau or you have a decline from 60 onward. And from the ages 30, 38 to 59 is when you start to build yourself and improve the most. So Dusty May is 46 or 47 years old. I just worry about the IU thing, and also how long would it take him to come in here and rebuild our program? So I have him a little further down the list for that reason. Kyle, there's a guy that I've talked about on the show several times, and I talked about him, you know, the last cycle when when Kenny Payne was hired, and it's Scott Drew. Now, the question is, the the question is not whether Scott Drew would be successful here, because I think he would be. I think he would be ridiculously successful here. Um, we saw what he did with Baylor. He built that program from absolutely nothing. Took them to a national championship. Uh, now they have a beautiful new arena there. But I think the question with Scott Drew is, does he feel like at this stage in his career, does he feel like doing another rebuild? You know, does he feel like taking over another program and, and building it back up again? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is there. What do you think? Well, I wish I knew. I will say that if if Scott Drew is in play, which I don't, like I said, I don't know, and I don't think anybody. I would be leery of anyone who says I definitely know these guys are and are not serious candidates. Mm-hmm. Be anything beyond mutual interest, because again, on our end, we're not talking, and you have to get everything from you know the agents. The agent world is like sharks in water. Louisville is the most prestigious job out there right now and it's going to be in the off season. So everybody is going to use that and whether it's serious interest or some sort of ulterior motivation, it's going to be hard to know until we get more from our side who's been told not to say anything and just to lay low. But when it so when it comes to Scott Drew to answer your question, if there is legitimate interest from his camp, you absolutely put him at the very top of the list. Because the only other coach that on paper, I'm not talking about, you know, his personal life, Mm -hmm. but the only other coach on paper that is almost a surefire thing is Chris Beard. 
So if you can get Scott Drew, who has a championship and on paper has everything and more than what Chris Beard did, and of course he doesn't have these issues off the court that we know of at least, then you absolutely, he's number one, and Josh Hurd, that would be as big of a hire, in my opinion, as bringing Rick Bettino here was. I just, I know people really want Scott Drew. I would just caution people. Number one, he's had every opportunity to leave for big programs, and you never hear much traction at all beyond fans pushing for him. Number two, he just opened they just opened like two or three weeks ago a brand-new arena, which he pushed really hard for. He was banging the drum to get that arena built and open. They've now done that, and he's got a really good recruiting class coming in, which absolutely could come with him if he leaves. But he's, he's got it rolling, and so the question would be, are you just bored? Because that would be yeah. the only yeah. reason, in my opinion, you would leave that. And, of course, we don't know what his buyout would be because Baylor doesn't have public access to that. So who even knows? Kyle Spire joins us here on Louisville Sports Live, the creator and host of the Third Banner Podcast. We're talking potential coaching candidates for the Louisville basketball job as we anticipate that opening after the season Uh, Kyle, before we get into your podcast, uh, Louisville has 10 regular season games left. What do you think their record's going to be? Not that it matters, but, you know, for the sake of of discussion. Every game matters, Ethan. Come on now. Especially when you fight. Yeah, you got to fight. First time they fall in line. Yeah, I am going to go with three wins, and – I've already told a few people that, and they kind of scoff and say, I don't see any way we could win more than one or two. But we end the season with three home games in a row, and we know we don't win on the road. We won one game on the road the entire KP tenure. So if we're going to win games, it's almost almost certain that it would be at home. So I'm looking at the schedule. It does get a lot weaker after this this these next couple of games. The ACC is really down, which just makes me kind of mad that we are the worst team and arguably <laughs> the worst. It's not even like we're a horrible team that's just got a bunch of Goliaths just beating the crap out of each other. No, we we this is a cakewalk of a conference right now. Anybody can walk in here, and that should be an attractive thing for a future head coach, sure, by yep. the way. There is nobody that's standing in your way that is scary at all, that that intimidates you. So that being said, I I think we're going to win three. Don't ask me which three. I've looked at the schedule, and I I, I could never just say we're definitely going to win any game. No. But I just think down the stretch we're going to win three, and if we don't, well, I won't be very surprised. (laughs) That's that's a great, great way to put it. All right, Kyle, man, I know you got to get ready for your podcast, but tell our listeners how they can check you and your guys out every week on the Third Banner Podcast. Yeah, so we have a rotating cast. They do a real good job. Ashley Finn actually uh, produced this. He created the Third Banner Pod, and we've just been rolling surprisingly ever since. I mean, we haven't even done this a year, and we just did it for fun, and it still is that. But it's definitely grown a little bit faster than we thought it would. So we, 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 have, we often have to meet and put our heads together to figure out 
you know, hey, well, how are we going to do when all this happens? We weren't really anticipating this happening yet. So uh, we are on YouTube right now. That's our main outlet that we go live on. But we're also, uh, we also have Spotify, Google, and Apple. And we are, you can find us searching the Third Banner Pod, or if you just enter the website, thethirdbannerpod.com, it will take you to our YouTube page where you can like and subscribe. And we're usually on every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock. Now, if there's a game, sometimes we'll switch that. Or if we think there's some major development, we will get on and do an emergency pod. But uh, that's how you can find us. Awesome, man. Well, Kyle, we certainly appreciate that, uh, you, you jumping on with us. And uh, we look forward to uh, to you all growing that pod uh, as you know, quickly as possible, because you, like you said, man, y'all are doing great work, and it hasn't even been a year yet, man. But y'all are off and running. It's it's awesome. And shout out to Ash, man. I didn't know he created that, so um, my apologies, uh, Mr. No, Finn. no, it, no. You're good. I just always throw that out there because we used my name that I used on the message boards on Twitter because it was just a catchy kind of name. But I'll, I want to give credit where credit's due. Well, uh, he worked really hard putting that together. But uh, that being said, man, I wanted to say real quick, I've listened to you guys for years. Never would have imagined I'd be on here talking about this <laughs> stuff. So I, I just appreciate you guys having me on tonight. It's awesome, man. Awesome, man. Well, Kyle, we appreciate it, boss. Look forward to listening to uh, what you guys have to discuss here, man. I tell you what, these, these next – Weeks of speculation will be crazy, no doubt about it. My my last piece of advice would be just you know it's 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 January. You're going to hear a lot of different things. Nothing set in stone, and I'd say most of it's not going to end up being true. <laughs> yep. So let's just hang in there. It's going to be a long six to eight weeks. Yes, sir. You got that right, Kyle. Man, appreciate it, buddy. Thank you, Kyle Spire of the Third Banner Podcast. You know, this feels like January ninety first. Oh, dude. Forget 31st. Absolutely. I mean, how many days in a row? Cloudy, cold, rainy. rainy. Oh, my gosh. I hate man. it. Dude, I hate it. Dude, listen. Something that I never thought I would I would have to I would go through <clears throat> as a new dog dad, this rain can go, like, eat one. I'm so tired of this. <laughs> I'm like, if I have to clean his freaking paws one more time when he comes inside, like, either freeze or dry up. Because right. I'm tired. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of cleaning paws. Tired of wet paw prints through the house. Like it's driving me insane. Because well, he likes to go kick in the mud, mm. and it oh, drives me nuts. Well, it looks like it is gonna. We're gonna have some dry time. We and need it. Some actual sun. There might be a yellow ball in the sky. Yeah, I haven't seen that in forever. Right. Goodness gracious. It is pretty cool. I'm glad we were able to have Kyle on. That is a cool moment when you're when you're on for the first time. It's kind of like how it, it is, dude. Team money. It is, man. Us. You know, I, I remember just being a guy that called in and, and had a take. But what did you, you, you always did something every time you called because that's what drew me to you. Gave you some stats. And it, but it was like, it was like something that like, I've never heard about. Like it was like, it was always interesting. And, and yeah, as I gave you like nerd. a key to the game, like a stat, little, little, little inside baseball type deal Yeah, uh, every week. And that kind of became my thing. And then, yeah, next thing you know, you're like, hey, you come in. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so cool. Was it, was it like Edgar Sosa averages 20 points a game on Tuesdays in yeah. February? Yeah. Or like well, one it, of was those during, it was during football season. 
Oh, it was yeah. during football season. I'll, I'll never forget it. it was, so in the Scott Satterfield era, nah. when it's cloudy on Saturday, yeah. they average 35 yeah. points a there game. When go. it's sunny, but, they average 10. But Zach, before you moved down here, he would sing it. So that's that's another part of the allure. He would yeah. sing all of the facts. <laughs> so, uh, before we're going to have our friend Ty Spalding of CardinalSports.com on here momentarily as well. Pinky out, I see you Absolutely. still in that water. Absolutely. Uh, but, but speaking of stats, something that Kyle just mentioned that mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of. Sure. 60 and above, it's like usually on the – and again, it makes sense, but like usually on the downward cycle, yeah. Muscleman's 59. Yeah, but he's like a young. Dude. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And now that would that doesn't rain that doesn't on his deter me. For me. No. Um, he's 59, right? Stop it. I believe so, dude. Has, there's no way. I'm calling an audible. There's no freaking way. Let me go. Yeah, that'll be the I'm second gonna, one of I'm, the show. I'm gonna throw the flag. I gotta go look this up. Well, so you're gonna lose a timeout. I. It, that's fine. Right. I'll risk it for the biscuit. God, he is 59. Okay. Jeez. How about here's I a, know these scores from twenty years ago, and yeah, you doubted me with this man's. Well, head. I know if you if you if it would have been a mascot question, okay, I would already, I would have already known. Um, what's Nevada's mascot? The uh, I know it's a wolf. Wolf pack. Yeah, yeah. They're in Adidas school too. Oh, look at that! So I mean, he's got some experience with the three stripes. So question for you because this is a name we nobody has mentioned and we mentioned it the last time around but it has not been mentioned this time around were you out on nate oats no 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 absolutely not really sign me up oh you're oh you're like okay yeah yes oh okay i thought you're like no absolutely not i'm like absolutely i'm on board oh okay 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 Mm -hmm. so but that's another name kind of like with shaka smart like i mentioned earlier like i just I've heard next to no buzz or no buzz as yeah. far as, as Nate Oates is concerned. I don't, I don't have any knowledge of his buyout. Another attractive thing with Muss is that his his buyout is what? I think it's a million. Yeah. I mean, you can work with that. Well, and Jerome Tang's is reasonable as yeah. well. And, and that's the one thing, too. And I'm not as against Cronin as a lot of other people are. Now, I'm against Ugh. Pay anywhere near the 16, Ooh, 10, 8, Yeah, that's whatever. the thing. I don't want to do that. $16 million dollar buyout. Right? But if you if he had a reasonable buyout. UCLA might be like, we'll make you a deal. <laughs> but then do you want to be on the receiving end of that? Like, you know. Because it, it kind of feels also like. also had a great run at UCLA. He has, but it kind of feels like Muscleman's going to be that way. True. Like, we're going to be like, oh, yeah, we got Muscleman. And Arkansas is going to be like, thank God they got Muscleman. Like, he kind of. And that's what. And, and that's, that's always why, a weird place to be. And that's why in this coaching search season, man, like you're just gonna have to strap in. Because yeah. It, there's gonna be bumps and curves. There's gonna be you know curve balls thrown at you. You don't know. You just have to be prepared. Um, I like what Kyle said earlier. Like, listen, it's just a lot of most of the stuff's not gonna be true. Mm-hmm. You've heard some other names out there. You're like, what? I don't. I don't know about that. It's just yeah. what people. But it's fun. Speculating is fun. Uh, Nate Oates took his last two Buffalo teams to the round of 32 and then his first Sorry. his first Alabama team uh, was 16 and 15 there was no tournament that year uh, and then he took his 2020 team to the sweet 16 they were 26 and 7 and 16 and 2 in the SEC and it just means more it just means more than they were 19 and 14 uh, 31 and 6 last season 16 and 2 
what, what, where did their season end? Uh, in the Sweet 16. Okay. He had, he's had two Sweet 16s, a round of 64, and two round of 32s in his coaching career. And right now they're 14-6. and six. They're 6-1 and one in the SEC, and they are ranked, last time I checked, in the top 24th, 25. 24th, yes. They're in a dogfight now with Georgia, pun intended. Ty Spaulding, our good friend from cardinalsports.com, joins us now here on Louisville Sports Live. Ty, how are you, sir? Oh, we're uh, we're sitting on the couch watching a little uh, Kentucky, Florida. Uh, Go Gators! Still trying to soak in uh, college basketball, uh, even though uh, <laughs> we don't have much to soak in around here. But you know, I will uh, I will still be taking in uh, college basketball throughout the week. Uh, so yeah, that's what I have going on. Nothing too crazy over here. Hey Ty, man, you, you tweeted it out, and we were we were quick to we to retweet that, and that was a nugget that you dropped early, early in the month of January, as we sit here, January ninety first. Uh, Ty, it refresh our listeners' memory of a little nugget that you had heard, and to be quite honest, man, that that there's more smoke to that fire that you first told our listeners about a few weeks ago. Yeah, so I think it was uh, January 9th, all the way back then, um, when I came on and, and Ethan asked me to give three candidates. And the first person I led with was one Eric Musselman. And I uh, talked about how, you know, he has a reputation of, of going to a place, turning it around, and then um, getting out of there. And um, I don't know if that is as much of the case is, or is this, it's more, he just wants to change the scenery and um, just kind of feels like a fresh start um, would be best for his career. But yeah, that was a guy that, that I know we've talked about um, during the previous two coaching searches. And I think this time around, most people, um, you know, sort of assume going into it that, you know, Arkansas and, and, the money down there and the buyout. But when you look into it, the buyout is his pennies on the dollar. Uh, he's not making crazy money. And I think when a coach has a season like this, you know, I think it makes them more gettable if you're Louisville. Like if Musselman were leading them to the final four this year, they would probably back up the Brinks trucks and not let him leave. But uh, Arkansas, I believe, is 500 right now. They're they're not going to make the tournament. So, in my eyes, I think that makes Musselman more attainable for someone like Louisville. Um, I do worry, though, and I, Eric Crawford tweeted this, you know, the names that are out there right now, that's probably on purpose. You know, if yeah. you're serious about the job, do you really want your name out there that much this early? Um, and I thought that was maybe a hint from Eric Crawford, maybe a tease, but, but maybe there's, you know, maybe there's two or three guys that, that we don't know about that, that are, um, you know, that are serious candidates. So, you know, I think that's a very good point by Eric and that, you know, Musselman falls into that category of a guy that clearly his agent is, is talking to anyone that will listen to make sure his name is, is, is being brought up in, in relevant conversations. Ty Spaulding joins us here on Louisville Sports Live. He is the publisher of cardinalsports.com. Ty, have you heard any more buzz about potential candidates outside of Muss? I mean, for me, 
that's just been all the rage here recently over the last week or so. Has there been any other names that you feel like that at least Louisville fans should kind of keep an eye out for? Uh, Muscleman, Tang, and Chris Beard. However, with Chris Beard, so I initially, uh, from a very good source, was told that that Louisville would not be um, getting involved in, um, in in the Chris Beard sweepstakes. <laughs> Um, that that would be a no-go. Um, and then um, some mixed messaging kind of later in, in the week, this week, about whether that's still the case or not. So those are the three names I'm hearing the most. But, again, you know, I think if you're, if you're Josh and you're a candidate that really wants this job, you might be better off kind of holding tight sure. and kind of keeping things quiet for now considering it's it's still january so i i really don't have a good read on if if you know like in the case of muscleman if this is more of the agent side talking sure. versus the ufl side talking um so i think it it really we're in the preliminary stages uh, and it's really kind of too early to tell you know who's ufl is serious about and who they're not serious about ty spaulding joins us here on lsl we're talking some louisville hoops uh, you know, there hasn't been any basketball recruiting news, um, you know, surfacing around the Louisville basketball program with KP, et cetera, except for Carter Knox. Mm. Um, I mean, he visited Louisville. He visited the team up the road, hasn't made his decision. It's down to Louisville, uh, the team up the road, South Florida and overtime elite. What's the latest, what's the latest with that? And I know, I'm sure it's going to be hinging on KP one way or the other. I mean, we know where that's headed, but like where, where it's, what's the latest you've heard with that recruitment since that's basically the only name that we have anywhere tied to Louisville in terms of hoops recruiting. Yeah. So his other two finalists are South Florida in the G league. And from what I've been told, those two have, have essentially been eliminated you mentioned overtime, and that that is an option as well. Um, but essentially, it, it's down to Louisville and Kentucky. And you know, when it comes to Carter, you know he's a nice prospect. He's uh, you know obviously a highly regarded kid. But you know, there's a, a reason the team up the road hasn't locked him in yet. Um, he, he needs a little polishing. He needs you know. His jump shot needs a lot of work. Um, so I think it's a case of, you know, does Kentucky want to take him? Mm-hmm. And if they do, um, that's where he ends up. Um, 0% chance that Kenny's back. Maybe he comes here, but I think that's kind of a, we're wasting our, our breath talking about right. the recruitment. Um, because I don't see any way Kenny's back, um, and you know I don't think Carter Knox is coming here um, unless unless Kenny you know is, is the coach. So I think it's more of a case of um, you know does UK take him, and uh, if they don't, um, he may have to, to find a, a late shooter because, like I said, I don't see any way that Kenny's back for year three. Yeah, and Ty, and then my last question before we can shift focus to football for a moment. Um, you fully expect KP um, to last the rest of the season, correct? 
I do, yeah. Okay. And I think there's some circumstances um, that 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 maybe um, that I I've learned over the last week that that make me more comfortable in letting this ride out um, and make me uh, feel better about. Uh, Josh and the people above him and his ability to do his job. Um, so I, I'm I'm feeling a lot better about the the overall state of things. I think it's just a situation where uh, we just got to ride it out for a little bit longer. Um, but once the time comes, I think we're you know we're in a good position to um, to make a move and go out and attract a, a quality coach. So so yeah, I, I would just tell fans to just hang in there. Um, you know, I know it's I know it's not as easy as, as trust Josh, but I, in this case, I feel comfortable saying that that uh, letting Kenny ride it out was the right move, um, just just based on a couple of different things, and um, and uh, maybe at a later date I can kind of elaborate on those. But sure. Yeah. For right for right now, just hang in there, and um, you know we've just got about five or six more weeks left. So Ty, let's let's switch gears a little bit here. Talk a little a uh, little bit of football, especially football recruiting. Uh, you tweeted it out earlier. Jeff Brom and, and some key members of the staff are in South Florida, which is always good to hear. If you're a Louisville fan, talking about recruiting, we love that Louisville recruits South Florida so well. And they are down there talking to some elite 2025 prospects. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so you had a host of Louisville staffers down in Florida over the last two days. Jeff Brom, obviously. Uh, Mark Ivey's a guy that has previous ties to that state, um, coached at the high school level there for a number of years. Uh, Chris Barclay was also down there, as well as Gareth McGee. So a large contingent uh, from the Louisville side of things um, down there in Florida. Um, as I mentioned, the, the Tampa area, the Orlando area, the Miami area, um, all, all kinds of, of uh, different parts of the state. Um, Dallas Wilson is a kid in the 25 class from the Tampa Bay area. Rivals has him as the number 21 overall player in the class. He's an Oregon commit. Um, I mean, the list of four stars they were in on just, just goes on and on. Uh, Vernell Brown out of Orlando. Rakeem Stroud out of Tampa, um, and uh, another couple kids here. Um, Myron Charles is a like, rival has same as a top 170 kid, four star out of Port Charlotte. Uh, Wadden Charles out of uh, Boynton Beach, another four star Miami commit. So yeah, I, I think um, you don't you don't have to worry about this staff uh, hitting the trail hard and. And putting their nose down and going to work, you know that they've they've proven that uh, they're going to put in the work. Um, and, and I think it's it's a really uh, it's really nice when the football program, you know, they 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 want fans to to know, you know, what their staff is up to, um, you know, what they have going on, you know. Imagine that <laughs> they want fans to feel connected and, and, and want the fans to feel. Um, like they have a, a grasp on what what's going on, even if it's you know January in the winter, um, and I think that's that's a really uh, that's a really you know positive thing, and it's only beneficial to me um, for 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 a program to want that info to get out. So um, so yeah, 
the uh, the football program um, hitting the recruiting trail hard. I do still expect them to uh, lean on the transfer portal um, in the years ahead. But if there's a if there's a big time high school prospect, um, they don't mind taking a swing at, and um, I think they're going to do that in the twenty five five. Uh, Ty, we know right now the transfer portal is is closed for the moment, but it will reopen uh, after spring ball. Do you expect Louisville to be active in the spring round of the transfer portal? I mean, we saw that they were obviously last season. Jeff Brom addressing the uh, offensive line needs in that spring cycle. Do you think they're going to be uh, as active this spring as they were um, just a couple months ago? So I think it's going to be a case where you get get to spring practice and you see um, what your depth looks like. You see how the uh, transfers that you brought in, how they've translated um, your program, how they've translated to what you like to do, and then you just kind of um, you know plug the holes from there. Uh, I don't expect them to be as active as they've been in the last couple months. I think it's a scenario where um, if someone comes available, if they realize that um, they looked over a, a certain position, then the, they'll, they'll um, you know, get active. But I think, you know, they've really put themselves in a position to really just focus on, on building chemistry and, um, and developing the guys they have. I think from, an, you know, up and down the roster, it's in good shape. And I think the depth, you mentioned the offensive line, I think the offensive line depth is in a great spot as we enter spring. So uh, for me, it's going to be a wait and see um, as far as uh, what they need out of the portal. Um, I just think overall they're, they're in a really good position and um, they're even in an even better position than they were last spring. Um, so I don't think they'll need to be as active as they were a year ago. Yeah. I mean, that that's, it just speaks tie to how this football staff hit the ground running they had a plan. They achieved that plan. They they pinpointed areas of need. Uh, again, his first year was the offensive line. They went out and, and addressed that, got some big dogs up front. This year it's been the secondary, the wide receiving core, of course, another quarterback, running back, et cetera. The, the staff has done such a good job of pinpointing areas of need, pinpointing targets, and then landing those targets, getting them on campus, sealing the deal. And I know the 502 circle has been um, of utmost importance in that. And they've they just got the infrastructure, man, for Louisville football. That whole program, whether it's the coaching staff, the players, uh, the collective, whatever, everybody is going in the same direction, and it's beautiful to see. Yeah, and I wanted to emphasize that the 502 circle, um, I've been a big proponent. I know I've uh, gotten to know Mark Spiegel really well over the years and just think really highly of the folks over there and um, – Anna DeBeer and Elena Scott just um, talked about that Louisville put out a video of them talking about how much the 502 circles helped them. So I just wanted to reiterate that, you know, it's not just football. Um, the infrastructure is in place for the whole campus. Um, and it'll be really exciting to see uh, what that looks like on the men's basketball side um, w- when you have a staff with, you know, initiative and just a, a working relationship with those folks. And I'm not saying the current one doesn't. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that, that folks know that, you know, it's not just football that, that the 502 circle uh, helps and, and works with. Volleyball has certainly uh, been a sport um, that they've impacted. So 
uh, the whole campus there is is uh, is worked with the 502 circle and and um, like I said, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how that looks on the basketball side when things get rolling here. Yes, indeed. As um, the ever-changing world of collegiate athletics. Ty, as always, man, we appreciate it. Cardinalsports.com. Check them out. Also on Twitter, X, at Ty Spaulding. As always, man, we appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. Anytime. Yes, sir. Have a good one, man. Uh, Ty Spaulding of Cardinalsports.com. Kind enough to join us there. Yep. Good stuff from Ty, as always. If I may, can I interject a little... Not, it's not conference realignment, but it is a little newsworthy note. It's 846. You're good. Go ahead. We can always do conference realignment yes. talks. Zack attack. Zack attack. You, say, you do a lot better than I Yeah, he does. But you need to do like the the catamount sound. You remember that one? So you say that, yeah. and then I'll do that. Zack attack. <laughs> that was terrible. Let's try it again. One, one more time. All right. Zack attack. <laughs> I love it. We need to have can a YouTube live channel so you can. God, actually we really see it. do. Can I just use that as my sounder whenever I pop up on you know anything? Yes, you should. <laughs> Listen, so next time I get your your picks, uh, your 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 betting tips. Yes, it'll come through with that. That. Like I said, you should have listened to me last night. I hit on all three of them: Louisville team under, game under, Clemson minus nine first. I know. Three for three. How about Dude, that? I'm telling you, if if people if people could see the group chat, they would win some money. Well, so or I, forget that the game's happening. Or forget that the game's I was happening. going to take your bet for the first half, but by the time I looked it up, it was ten and a half. Ah, uh, so you know. Well, either way, you would have won because it was twelve. Yeah, exactly. But so I, I got a little scared away from that. Um, I did. I did take um, PJ Hall twenty-seven and a half points, rebounds, assists. So that that I think he had. Tw- didn't he have twenty-seven points? At 25 and the five rebounds yes. and a couple of those. So. Yeah, that one easily. Yes, indeed. All right, so we all know where Florida State stands. They are not fans of the ACC. Um, and now <laughs> the, the UK postgame crew is coming in. Um, I can't even talk to me. I can't even talk any smack. Normally, I, nope. I would love to. Nothing to talk about. Yep, we lost again last night. Look at Purdue and Northwestern. Yes. In overtime. Look at that. Matt Painter, why is he? Why is he a name that we haven't heard with Louisville? I mean, it's been reported in years past that he was at, interested. Yeah, I, if Louisville wanted him, do you think they could pull Painter? I think if we took another Purdue coach, that athletic director oh. would just melt down. I, don't, right, I think yeah. he's. Yeah. I think he's probably good. No, I, I think Painter's entrenched there at Purdue. Would you think. want him? I, get, I mean, if I if I want to flame out in the tournament, then sure. But at this point, I just like to get there. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, hell, oh, bring gosh. it on! Such a sad state of affairs right now. All right, so I promise we're, we won't go down the realignment rabbit let's hole. Let's do it. Let's go all the way down the rabbit hole. All right, let's do West it. West Virginia to the ACC. Eighty-one fifty-ninety-three. Oh, that's the easiest realignment sources. talk ever. Sources, sources say. Swim, swam said it. So. Um, we all know where Florida State stands. They want to get out yesterday. Yep. I fully expect, you know, within, again, I think we've set the over-under for a year and a half. Yes. You might take the under. You could take the over. But I think they're going to be out in a couple years. This is what UNC trustees chair said recently over the last uh, couple of days. Quote, 
I think we all have an obligation to assess the financial realties and make the best decision based on those. And if the current financial model of the Atlantic Coast Conference doesn't improve, then it would cause real concern about how Carolina could continue to maintain its excellence in athletics. So this is what they're referring to. Now, Navigate is a sports research firm, and they project uh, conference distributions. Yep. And so through 2029, or by 2029, they project, and again, I, I think they're, they're going to fall short. They project that the Big Ten per team will bring in $105 million. They project Per that, team? Yes. They project the SEC's payouts will grow to $118 million by yeah. 2029. The ACC's distribution is projected to be $62 million. So... That is not a gap. That is like a cavernous, right? Something I don't know. I don't know the next word that I, that I want to say, but this is a cavernous ca cavern, <laughs> a cavernous hole, yeah, of roughly forty million dollars per year. Now this is, the, but this is perfectly reasonable for him to state that. That you know, listen, we can't continue if if the ACC's revenue won't grow so i don't know if there is a way where the acc and espn can get back to the negotiating table and try to to try to do something different mm -hmm. do you want to have these properties by the time it hits 2030 or do you not because they're not going to want to stay right and all eyes of course are on florida state if they win their lawsuit mm-hmm so you know that Florida State is out the door, and then you know the next two are Clemson and North Carolina. Also, though, too, UNC basically has NC State. They got to take little brother with them, weighing them down um, around the you know around the ankles. You can go to the party, but you have to take your brother with you. Exactly. <gasps> Shouldn't they have to take Duke instead of NC State? That would make more sense to me. Well, yeah. Duke's a private school. That's also true. NC State is a public yeah. school. So that's why they have to take NC State. I was so, going to say it'd be a lot more lucrative if they could take Duke. Yeah. So, and that's just, again, it's a newsworthy note that now, publicly at least, that mm -hmm. UNC is like, hey, man, like this isn't sustainable. But if you remember when that news was, was kind of coming out about all this stuff, is that the grant of rights goes through 2036, but at 2027, like they have to renew. Yeah. Like the the other media rights agreements. So how can you have a grant of rights? And I think, again, that's what kind of Florida State is saying. Well, how can we be tied in? If we don't know what our payout's going to be after another, Yeah, another seven. nine years. It doesn't make much sense. So, again, it's just something to kind of be aware of. And this is why you want Louisville football to be as good as possible heading into the next few years because, as we all know, football drives the bus. And if Louisville can finish ranked in the top 20, and get some 10-win seasons rolling consecutively, that'll make that brand a lot more attractive for potentially the next conference move. I think if you're the ACC, you almost have to kind of play ESPN and Fox against themselves. And what I mean is you have to kind of go to the ACC and go, look, if we don't find a way yeah. to pony up some more money, then North Carolina and NC State and Clemson and Miami are going to the Big Ten, and they're going to be Fox properties, and you're going to lose those properties. Yeah. 
So don't do it for us. Do it for yourself. I'm still, I think that's though, the way the ACC needs to frame it. I'm still, though, as a betting man, like I, I just don't see the Big Ten and the SEC commanding a million dollar over a million dollars per team annually. I just don't. That's, I don't that's, think that's that, crazy. I don't know if every Big Ten or SEC well, team is going to do that. And, and here's just the, thing. the big ones. I don't think it's that far fetched because they are dominating the market. It's true. They're they're monopolizing the market. So that money that would have gone to other schools. I mean, you've basically absorbed all of what the Pac-12, the majority of what the Pac-12 was going to have. Yeah. You've absorbed it in UCLA, USC, Washington, and Oregon. Yeah. So it's not that far-fetched. It's the same money. It's just in different pockets. And then, two, I mean, if you if you could bring in 60-something million a year, it's not like you're in the poorhouse either. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. But the, the most disappointing aspect of all this is who would the ACC backfill with? That's the that's Memphis? the difficult part. Yeah, what's your replacements? It's UConn? not going to be yeah. It and and again, you and I talked about this. It Oregon depends State? well, it depends on when when this happens. Yeah. Because if this agreement if teams start moving out close to when the Big 12's grant of rights expires, mm-hmm. Then I think you have different options if you're the ACC. Yeah. Then I think you you go and grab Cincinnati, West Virginia, whoever else you want to go and get. Yeah. Kansas, especially if Carolina and Duke are still in the league. But what if? Well, what if your most attractive brands, i.e., Clemson, Florida State, are gone? Do you think? Cincinnati and West Virginia would want to join, or would so. the Big Twelve be on? I think Cincinnati prowl? and West Virginia would still be interested. Yeah, Might especially for, for for you know being I, close. West and, Virginia certainly would be. Yeah, so they can renew their rivalries with yeah. Pitt and Virginia Tech. So yeah. speaking speaking of Cincinnati, your boys, dude. I just saw it on on the Twitter X. Colorado's. Home football schedule for 2024. All right, I get I get my dream game. Scott Satterfield goes to Colorado. Oh, that's right. They the, came, their schedule came out. The juxtaposition between Deion Sanders on one sideline and Scott Satterfield on the other Ooh, is boy. is comedy gold. That is must watch. I don't care what ESPN Plus. Crap that's on. I will find it and I will watch it just to watch like cool the, the ass Dion. The pregame conversation. Yeah, oh my God. I want I want that to be mic'd on. up. I want both of them to be mic'd up so I can hear that pregame conversation. What would they talk about? Nothing. They have literally nothing, nothing to talk about. Nothing. Like nothing that. at all. I like them mountains. It will be <laughs> Man, I ain't seen mountains like this since I was in Boone. <laughs> but <laughs> tell you what, when, when we was at when we was at App. We had mountains, I guess. <laughs> when we was it out. Where'd you get them sunglasses? Them are not, and them are nice shades, man. I tell you what. I, they I, don't I, have those at I, the I, visor I, store. I, I, Coach, Prime? What is Prime? <laughs> is that that Amazon that's stuff? That's an energy drink. That's an energy that's drink. That's an energy drink. Oh, wow. That's right. I can't, I can't wait. Them. I can't wait. I That will be absolutely hysterical. But, I mean, just think of your... <laughs> Think of where you are from from a Cincinnati fan perspective. Like yeah. two years ago, you're in the American. Now you're in the Big Twelve. 
playing in Colorado, yeah. Arizona. I mean, you, you have a lot of attractive brands. It's going to be the best basketball conference in the nation. Man, a lot, a lot different than who would have thought they would have turned out as good as they did after Texas and Oklahoma left. They're oh, two I big know. brands. Well, it's it comes down to their conference leadership. Yormick had a vision, and he put it in place. And that's talking about juxtaposition, Yormick and Phillips. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I want to. I'd love to hear a conversation with those two gentlemen. <laughs> one's one's talking about going forward and with it, with a vision. Well, if they scheduled a meeting, one would be late. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, do you want to offer up a prediction? Oh yeah, I'm gonna have to eat my words, man. I I said the Louisville was gonna be Florida State. Uh, that was before they went, like won five of the last six. Yeah, and now they I think they've won two of the last three. You're tripping, bro. Yeah, I uh, don't think that's gonna happen. But you know what? I gotta take it. You do. I I, I called my shot, so I doubt that Louisville makes me look good in this prediction. You gotta fight through your takes, Ethan. You gotta fight. Right. That's right. I'm gonna I'm just gonna fight, and then it doesn't matter if it come if I'm right or wrong. I just fought. I fought for you it. You fought, and you guys can stay up late with me. I'll have you for your post game uh, after that one goes final. There. You have it. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening for to the city's longest running all UFL sports talk show. This bed will be podcasted here shortly. And until next time, go cards. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.